What's going on, everybody? How you doing? And welcome, welcome to Current Discussions. I am your host. Let's get right into it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast of Current Discussions. I hope everybody is doing well. It is... April 21st, 2018, man, the time is going by so fast, man. I mean, we, we almost in May now, man. The, the, the year just started and we in May. You know, time don't wait for anybody, man. I, I advise anyone, if you have dreams, you know, if you, if you have plans, go after them, you know, make it happen. You know, um, you, you can't make it come any faster, but, you know, don't 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 stop being focused. Stay focused. I want, I want to welcome everybody to current discussions. Um, uh, today, I'm, I'm going to touch on a couple of couple of things. Uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about is police. The, the, the kind of like the history <clears throat> of policing in America. I'm going to just touch on it, just a little brief uh, segment on that. I'm not going to go too much into it because I get a little annoyed every time I talk about it, <laughs> which I should. But, um, you know, with all of the things that's been, you know, happening with the police department, you know, how they've, you know, just been killing black folks and getting away with it, you know, uh, for, for many, 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 many years. Um, I know a lot of people wonder why this happens. Well, I'm just going to, you know, go into the history a little bit <clears throat> just to try to touch on, you know, why this happens. Okay. Let you know that it's, it's all done by design. Also, um, we're going to also talk about, you know, something that I saw today on the Internet. Uh, on Facebook where uh, this lady she uh, you know leaves the country leaves the chil- leaves the children at home leaves the country I think she went out to England and um, left her kids at home I think she stayed in England for like a week or so and <laughs> left her kids home I think the kids was like 11 and the other one was like 5, 6 I don't know something like that Left him in the house. Yeah. Serious, right? And um, she got no jail time for it. Yeah, I know. We're going to talk about that. Maybe a little bit of other things on the podcast. You know, stay tuned. I'll be right back. I like to get my stuff in order. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the program. This is uh, Current Discussions. This is my bi-weekly, weekly podcast, or whenever podcast, whenever I feel like podcasting. <laughs> um, let's just get right into it. Um, I talked about earlier about how police officers are, you know, killing black folks all over the place. Uh, this is something that is not new. Um, of course, if you have grandmothers and grandfathers, um, you know, from way back in the day who experienced, 
you know, discrimination, racism, things of that nature, you know, during their time, they also had issues with police. Okay? We all know police officers target the black community. I mean, that is old news. We know this. But what doesn't seem to sink in with a lot of people is that um, police officers have been doing this for a very long time. And in most cases, their behavior, their strategy, the way that they police black people is actually done on purpose. Okay. And we all know that 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 comes from way, 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 way back. You know, when they were uh, called overseers, horsemen in, in the fields, when we was picking cotton and, and sugar cane and all that other stuff, <laughs> you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, had, um, you know, what they called it, little slave patrols. You know, they, a lot of them would go around finding runaway slaves, you know, things of that nature. So it, 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 it all came out of that. But even, for, even some foreigners had an influence on how America polices its country. Okay. We're going to go into it just a tad bit. I just want to read something from you here. Uh, now, mind you, this is from the Eastern Kentucky University Police Studies. And <clears throat> basically, the history of policing in the United States. This was written by Gary Potter. He says, the development of policing in the United States closely followed the development of policing in England. In the early colonies, policing took two forms. It was both informal and communal, which is referred to as the watch or private for profit policing, which is called the big stick. The watch system was composed of community volunteers whose primary duty was to warn of impending danger. Boston created a night watch in 1636, New York in 1658, and Philadelphia in the 1700s. The night watch was not a particularly effective crime control device. Watchmen often slept or drank on duty, right? So the people that they got to be these watchmen, they were a bunch of drunkards, or they would fall asleep, you know, and not do their job. It says, while the watch was theoretically voluntary, men, many volunteers were simply attempting to evade military service or were performing watch duties as a form of punishment. Okay, so back then during those times, to be a watch person was either one, you was trying to evade military duty or two, it was a form of punishment. Okay, so in a way you were being punished and by being punished and by being punished uh, you, you had to be a watchman okay this is pretty much how it worked um, which is 
pretty interesting. Philadelphia created the first day watch in 1833. So now you had the town of Philadelphia who created something called a day watch. Okay, New York followed it with their day watch uh, in 1844 as a supplement to its new municipal police force. Okay, so New York uh, was setting up a police force of their own. Okay, so um, this is, it gets it gets pretty interesting as, as you go along. Um, in part, it says. In 1838, the city of Boston established the first American police force, okay, followed by New York City in 1845, Albany, New York, and Chicago in 1851, New Orleans and Cincinnati in 1853, then you had Philadelphia, 1855, and Newark, New Jersey, and Baltimore in 1857. Okay, it says by the 1800s, all major U.S. cities had municipal police forces in place. So as you can see, throughout the entire time, in the early 1800s, all the way to uh, 1857, you had Boston being the first to create its first police force, which was copied or influenced by England, which we read at the top of, of, of this segment. Uh, it says, these modern police organizations shared similar characteristics. One, they were publicly supported and uh, bureaucratic in form. Number two, police officers were full-time employees, not community volunteers or case-by-case -case fee retainers. Number three, departments had permanent and fixed rules and procedures. Okay. They had permanent and fixed rules and procedures and employment as a police officer was continuous. And, num and number four, police departments were accountable to a central government authority. Okay. So one they were publicly supported and uh, bureaucratic in form. So they were supported by the public. And when, when you say public, remember now, the people with the money, businesses, merchants, they supported police big time because they needed the police to protect their goods, protect their property, things of that nature. And, you know, the rich pretty much had the police in their pocket. They had law enforcement in their pocket just like they do today. <laughs> uh, number two, police officers were full-time employees, not community volunteers or case-by-case -case fee retainers. So by this time, the modern police officers were full-time employees and they weren't community volunteers anymore, right? Uh, uh, departments had uh, permanent uh, and fixed rules and procedures and employment as a police officer was continuous. So they had rules, they had procedures, they had, you know, things they had to go by. Rules and regulations that they had to go by, which means when they came in our community to police, they were policing according to their rule. And number three, departments had permanent, uh, oh, excuse me, number four, I'm sorry, police departments were accountable to a central governmental authority. Okay, so 
by this time they had it all set up where the police had to answer to some sort of governmental authority, like which they have now, the mayor, yeah, <laughs> things of that nature, okay? So pretty interesting. Uh, now, what's interesting too is in the southern states, okay, the development of American policing followed it a different path. So we know that in the south, policing was different, you know, somewhat, very different. Okay, the genesis of the modern police organization in the South is the Slave Patrol. Okay, the first formal slave patrol was created in the Carolina colonies in 1704. Okay, slave patrols had three primary functions. Now, listen carefully about the slave patrols because the way that they set up the slave patrol is damn near the same way that they behave towards black people today. Okay, number one, to chase down, apprehend, and return to their owners runaway slaves. Okay? So what does that mean? If you was a slave, they was going to chase you down, apprehend you, and return you to your owner. Okay, in this case, they will chase you down, apprehend you, and take you to jail <laughs> if you are a criminal. And back then, being a runaway slave was like committing a crime. You know, you ran off the plantation, you left your, you left your, your master, that was like committing a crime. Okay, number two, to provide, to provide a form of organized terror to deter slave revolts. Okay, I'm going to read this again. Okay. <laughs> the slave patrol had three primary functions. The first function we read is to chase down and apprehend, okay, runaway slaves and return them back to their master or your owner at the time. And the second primary function was to provide a form of organized terror to deter slave revolts and number three to maintain a form of discipline for slave workers who were subject to summary justice outside of the law if they violated any plantation rules it says following the civil war these vigilante style organizations evolved in modern southern police departments primarily as a means of controlling freed slaves who were now laborers working in an agricultural system and enforcing Jim Crow segregation laws designed to deny freed slaves equal rights and access to the political system. All right, check this out. Do you now kind of get an idea of where policing came from and, and what its purpose was. The bottom line, the purpose was to control niggas. Plain and simple. And they used a form of what they called right here, organized terror tactics to deter you from fighting back. Now, what are they doing today? 
Are they terrorizing you today? This is from the Eastern Kentucky University uh, uh, online uh, 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 studies, police studies. And this was written by Dr. Gary Potter. Okay, you can look it up yourself. So the bottom line is what police are doing today. They're just doing what they did before. It's nothing different. And when I when I say that, I mean, if they are using a form of organized terror to control you, which is what they're doing, then it's the same thing they did back then. It's the same thing they did from that time all throughout the generations up to our generation. They just changed the way they did things, but it's the same format. It's the same plan. So when you when you read about the southern states and about how they, you know, did the, the policing, that same mentality, that same behavior, that same system was integrated into the modern policing uh, 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 policies and, you know, procedures and, you know, behavioral uh, ways of today. So what are we going to do about it? That's the question. What are we going to do about how this system terrorizes black folks? They're supposed to be protecting us. Now, am I going to sit up here and say that white police officers, all white police officers or all police period, every single day, every single cop around the country Okay, just goes and starts terrorizing black people. I can't say every police officer does that, even if a police officer is a white man. Because I'm going to tell you, and I've witnessed this, you got white men who are not about that kind of nonsense. They're not going to harass you. They try to do everything in their power to have a good day. They, not, they, they don't want to shoot nobody. Some of them, they don't want to shoot nobody. They don't want to beat nobody up. They don't want, they don't even want to have, but if you, if you break the law in some kind of way and they pull you over, they got to do their job. So I'm not going to generalize and say every single person does that because you got a lot of people who go out there and they want to do their job. They're not into some of the stuff that some of these other police officers are in. Or, or all about. So you got to remember that too. You know, now, why do I say that? Because a lot of times it will be the white police officer, okay, that will probably let you slide. Okay? Whereas you may have the black police officer, he wants to show you that, you know, he's a cop, especially when he's with. Uh, a, a, a white counterpart of his he gonna show that white man that you know he ain't scared to give his own kind a ticket or he ain't scared to you know fuss at his own kind you know what I'm saying or create some kind of problem with his own kind 
See, so, you know, you, you got that too. And again, I'm not painting a broad brush with black police officers either, but I'm telling you the truth that there are some of us black men and women who will really show out for white folks. Okay, then you got those white men and women who are not about that, you know, harassing and killing and and getting into problems with black people or people, period. You got some police officers that want to do their job. They want to do the right thing. In a lot of cases, they don't want to give you a problem. Now, when you come down a little bit further on this, I just want to read something. It basically says <laughs> the United States uh, was no longer a collection of small cities and rural hamlets. Urbanization was occurring at an ever quickening pace. An old informal watch and constable system was no longer adequate to control disorder. Anecdotal accounts suggest increasing crime and violence in urban centers. It says mob violence, particularly violence directed at immigrants and African-Americans by white youths, occurred with some frequency. Okay? Now, this is back in the 1930s right now, according to this paragraph. It's, it's in the 1930s this was going on. Mob violence, particularly directed at immigrants and African-Americans by white youths, occurred with some frequency police disorder mostly public drunkenness and sometimes oh, excuse me public disorder mostly uh, public drunkenness and sometimes prostitution was more visible and less easily controlled in growing urban centers than it has been or that it had been uh, rural villages but evidence of an actual crime wave is lacking so if the modern police, modern American police force was not a direct response to crime, then what was it a response to? Right. And this this is where this is where I believe they start talking <laughs> more than crime. Modern police forces in the United States emerged as a response to disorder. What constitutes social and public order depends large, largely on who is defining those terms. And in the cities of the 19th century America, they were defined by the mercantile interest who through taxes and political influence supported the development of bureaucratic policing institutions. These economic interests had a greater interest in social control than crime control. Private, private and for-profit policing was too disorganized and too crime-specific in form to fulfill these needs. The emerging commercial elites needed a mechanism to ensure a stable and orderly workforce, a stable and orderly environment for the, conduct, for the conduct of business, and the maintenance of what they referred to as the collective good, quote. These mercantile interests also wanted to divest themselves of the cost of protecting their own enterprises, transferring those costs from private sector to the state. 
Now, Mercantile, which is uh, M-E-R-C-A-N-T-I-L-E. Those are merchants. Okay? The interest of people who had businesses. The, the people with the money. Rich people. Businesses. Who, through their taxes and political influence supported the development of bureaucratic policing institutions. So what do you think is going on today? What do you think has been going on since? Since then, since the 1930s, all these big rich businesses and rich people they they have an influence, a powerful hand and influence in law enforcement. The reason why I read this, and, I, and I'm gonna pretty much stop there, but the reason why I read that is because I want y'all to understand that there's a lot going on <laughs> behind the scenes. When these people get away with murder, it's a lot behind that. So the question becomes, what can we do what can we do to get respected by law enforcement? What is the answer? I'm coming back with the uh, the fourth second fourth segment. <laughs> I'll be back 